Welcome to the Sean Stevenson Show. I'm Sean Stevenson, your host and professional speaking guide. You have a message to share, and I can teach you how to get it to millions. The Sean Stevenson Show, the best resource for building a lucrative speaking business and a fulfilling life. Enjoy the show. Behind closed doors, even seasoned veteran speakers still have speeches that when they get off stage, they feel like it was not a success. And then on the ride to the airport and then the plane ride home, they still continue to cycle in their mind, what went wrong? Why did that speech not go the best? And so if you're starting out your career or if you've been in it for a while, I want to put you at ease. Not every speech is going to be a home run grand slam. There will be talks that when you look back on them, you'll go, oh my goodness, that one did not go as planned. And that's okay because it's no different than being an athlete. No NBA player has a perfect game every single night. You know, I know I'm switching sports from home run baseball to basketball, but no NBA player is out there every single night putting up huge numbers, getting triple doubles, you know, having incredible game. But I will say that the best, when they make mistakes, they hit the drawing board, they go back to what they could have done better. And this is why it's so important that you get the recordings or that you record your own speeches. I look at speaking as a sport. And when I come home, I like to review the game film. I like to look at what did I do? What could I have done better? And it's amazing when you're in your head up on stage and you're feeling like you're bombing. Then when you review the footage... A day later, a month later, you might say, I didn't do that bad. Why was I so hard on myself? And then there's times where you feel like you crushed it. And you get off the stage and you review the film and you're like, oh, well, I was good. But I guess it was in the moment more. And that's what made it feel more amazing. But my performance wasn't any better than normal. So a lot of your experience of a speech is your own emotional condition, your own mental state. This is why I'm going to continue to remind you that when you get up on stage, make sure that what you do right before that moment is very deliberate. Are you listening to headphones with a certain song that pumps you up? Are you reviewing your notes? Are you visualizing the impact you want to have on the crowd? Are you sending yourself love up on stage before you get up there? What are you doing right before you get up there? Because it often has a huge impact. You know, Mindy has taught me a lot about writing. She has her uh, master's in fine arts, specifically in nonfiction writing. And she told me, one of her professors said to her, Mindy, you have to be willing to write poorly before you can write well. And I'm going to say to you, you have to be willing to have some bad speeches before you can have the really good ones. 
and you have to know that it's gonna happen. It happens to seasoned veterans. I had a speech just a year ago, and I have all my reasons why it sucked, and I'll tell them to you in a moment, but at the end of the day, I got off that stage, and I was disappointed with myself. I felt like I didn't do a good job. I felt like I didn't make a massive impact. And there's so many things that can go awry when you're on a stage with everyone watching you and everyone expecting you to do your best. So let's talk about what can go awry. Then I'm going to tell you what went awry for me. And then I'm going to remind you why the show must go on. So when I review my speeches, I find that there's a lot of things that can happen that can make them suck. Uh, Some of them are under my control, and some of them are not. You know, what I think makes a sucky speech for me is when I'm not present, when my mind is scattered, when I'm thinking about something in my own personal life, and I'm not fully present with the audience, and in sharing my stories, and being very clear on the connection between what I want to say and what I'm actually saying. What can also make a speech really sucky is when the audience doesn't find you funny at all. And every single joke you tell and every single funny aspect of your story the audience doesn't react to at all. And then you think to yourself, this is ridiculous. Just gave this speech a couple nights ago in another city and they loved it. And you can ask any performer, whether it's a speaker, a comedian, an actor of live performance, and they will say, there are times that your material will have a different impact on different crowds. What else I found can make a sucky speech for me is when I miss or skip sections of my stories, details that actually give more depth to the story, more relevance to the story. And oftentimes by being not present, I skip over those details, or I totally forget elements of the story that then cause the audience to be confused, misleads the audience, they don't understand why I'm sharing the stories. That can really suck on stage. You see, when you get distracted, there's two kinds of distractions. There's internal distractions, and there's external distractions, and you rarely can control the external distractions. You can't control the crowd's volume of laughter. You cannot control if somebody is making noise in the back of the room. I once was uh, running an event and I had another speaker friend of mine up on stage presenting and the hotel staff decided to come in and refill the ice buckets in the back of the room and we're making tons of noise. Now, fortunately, my friend that was up on stage was a seasoned pro, a comedian at that. And he started teasing the guy, refilling the ice. He said, no, no, I'll wait, go ahead. And the whole audience laughed, and he's like, yeah, yep, got nothing going on up here. And it's amazing how you can have so many distractions. There will be people talking right in the front row. Most people in audiences, they pretend like you're a hologram or like you're watching television. They don't think you can see you. They don't think that you have any uh, frustration in them not paying attention. They don't realize 
that the speaker has full awareness of the entire audience. But that's what separates a pro from an amateur. An amateur will get so derailed by an external distraction. And there's also things like the temperature in the room. I've had moments where I get really hot and sweaty, and then I start to lose my place in my talk. I've given speeches where I've had to tell the same story three or four times throughout the day because there's three or four crowds that I'm presenting to, and I forgot. Did did I tell this story already? And that can be a major challenge and cause a speech to suck. you got to be prepared for how are you going to handle when you're giving the same talk several times in one day. What can make a speech sucky is... When you go too fast and you run out of material, or too slow and you run out of time. It's very challenging and what can make a speech go really sucky is when you get pissed because the audience is not engaged. They have their arms crossed, they're leaning back, they're talking to each other, they're on their phones, they're totally not paying attention to you. That will happen. You need to be prepared for that. Then there's times when you're put into a room or a venue that is not at all conducive for your success. Maybe there's giant posts in between you and the audience and people can't see around them. Maybe they're at round tables and the majority of the room is not turned around. They have their back to you. Maybe they're eating dinner and making a lot of noise, clanking their silverware up against their plates. There are going to be distractions in venues. You're going to have challenges. Sometimes you might be outside and it might be loud or windy or the temperature may be uncomfortable for people. There's a lot of things that you're not going to be able to control as a speaker and you have to know they're coming. You have to be ready by knowing it's a part of the process. You're going to have technology fail where your PowerPoint, if you're using that, just out of nowhere decides to stop working. You might have moments where your microphone stops working, whether you're wearing a headset or a lavalier clip-on or a handheld or a wired mic, whatever it may be, it could just stop working. I've had this happen multiple times in front of large crowds. I've even seen it happen to the legends. I was in the audience of Tony Robbins' And he was speaking to a huge crowd, and his microphone went out on his own system. His own microphone, his own speakers, his own crew, and it still went down. And he just had to keep going, even though there was thousands of people in the audience. It happens to the best of us. And you have to know that these things are going to happen in your career, and you can't be shocked by them. You have to know it's a part of the process. There'll be times where you forget important material or when you forget after a great speech to tell them where to go to find out more about you or you forget to sell your product or service. You might forget the most important thing that you wanted to cover in your speech because you were having such a good time that you still forgot something. It's going to happen. There's going to be times where you're going to drop the ball And there's going to be times where your client or the venue or the audience is going to feel like they're dropping the ball. And the question is, are you going to let it get to you? Are you going to let it eat you up? 
Are you going to let it stop you from making an impact that day and getting back out there another day? See, here's the moral of what I believe everything I've been telling you about is really all about. And that is, you don't have to do a great job to make a great impact. Now, I know that sounds counterintuitive from a speaker coach coming to you. Of course I want you to do well. Of course I want you to work on your craft. But you would be amazed how some people are still going to connect with you even on the day you think you were awful. I have a perfect example of this. Remember how I said that there was a speech a while back, a year ago, that I did not do well? Well, here's what's fascinating about that. I had just come back from overseas speaking in a foreign country. I come back, I sleep in one night because my plane had uh, been delayed and then canceled. So instead of having two days to recover from jet lag and then give another speech, I only had one day to recover And it was a very short day. And when I finally got up, went to the airport again to go to my new speech, I was totally out of it. My mind was foggy. I was challenged in remembering what time it was or where I was. And I was putting together my material and I got up on stage and I did what I thought was my best. But the audience didn't laugh. Well, not the way I thought they would. And I didn't feel like I was connected to them. And I just kept trying harder and harder, pushing out more and more energy, and nothing seemed to be landing. And the moment the speech was over and I got off the stage, I felt like such a failure. I thought it was a huge disaster. But two things happened. One, the person coming up to me who was running the show said, Wow, my crowd was really dead this morning. I am so sorry. You know, this was not your fault. You did a great job. Now, on the inside, I was thinking, I still could have done better. But the second thing that happened, that happened well over a year and a half later, I was teaching one of my speaker students, and I was explaining to her that you can't be a perfectionist. You can't sit there and feel like you only want to make an impact if you're going to do your best, perfect, every single time job. I was explaining to her that sometimes you got to write bad. you got to speak poorly before you can speak well. And then I gave her this example of the speech that I felt like I had bombed. And I was explaining it to her, and she says to me, Are you kidding me? I was in that audience. That's why I know who you are. I was in that talk, and you connected with me on such a deep level that I then came to two of your uh, live events that year and then joined your mastermind, Sean. This is why I'm learning from you because of that talk. And it was amazing because it really showed both of us that you have no idea who you're impacting even on the days that you think you suck. You still are potentially reaching that one person that needed to hear from you. And maybe you have an incredible, life-altering impact on them. Maybe that day they decide not to kill themselves and you saved a life. Maybe that day 
was the day that you inspired an idea in somebody that goes on to save millions of lives because they invent something or they do something in their own life because they're inspired by your message. Or maybe there's somebody in your audience that's still so connected to you, so moved by you, that they end up hiring you for other services and they bring you into their life and you create a long-term client out of them. You don't know. This is why the show must go on. We cannot stay in our little bubble and only come out if we do a perfect job. And then on the days that we don't do perfectly, we run away and we never try it again. We cannot afford to do that. We have to just keep going out there. We have to write poorly so that we can write well. We have to speak bad so that we can speak good. It takes the experiences of cutting your teeth, of going through challenges and surviving them and knowing, hey, I got through that. I can get through other things. And that's life. When you're on stage and things aren't going well, I just want you to stop for split second and breathe casually. You don't need to apologize or make a big deal. Just take a breath and remember why you're there. You're there to make an impact. You're there to serve your client. You're there to get a message out. You're there to educate, inspire, and entertain to make a massive shift in people's thinking And so if you're going to mess up, you're going to mess up. But if you keep going as if it doesn't bother you, they're going to forget. I know. I've had friends that have heard me speak before and they have seen me make a mistake on stage. But when I stayed calm and I moved forward through it, they told me how I recovered so well, they almost forgot I made a mistake. And yet they know exactly how my speech is supposed to go. You have to keep moving. The show must go on. I do recommend that you immediately get off stage and you take notes on your own talks. While the mind is just filled with thoughts on your speech, get it down on paper. Put it into your computer system. Whatever you got to do to remind yourself what needs to be done moving forward. You know, I've been thinking lately about how My career has grown when I have taken responsibility for it. When I don't blame anybody outside of me. Sure, there's going to be challenges in my audiences and with my clients, but I cannot blame them. I am responsible for my own life. You are responsible for yours. And any time you feel that somebody outside of you is responsible for how you feel, you're going to be hosed. You're going to be screwed up and paralyzed energetically if you feel that the outside world has control over your internal world. You have to do the preparation in your life. You have to take the ownership. So I question you, where are you blaming? Where are you pointing fingers right now? I recommend you drop that because your life is your responsibility And the things that you have and don't have are because of you. And if you want to climb the ladder of success in your speaking career, take ownership for your life, for your career, for your path, for your ideas. Take ownership for your failures and your success. Your life is your 
creation. The lucrative speaker tip today comes right out of a question from our Facebook group. And if you're not already a member, go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash lucrative speaker. This one comes from Tim Fox. And Tim Fox asks, How to get booked? Advantages and disadvantages of using a booking agency or doing it on your own. So I'm going to tell you my opinion. It's going to vary. Every speaker's got their own take on this. My opinion is this. You cannot rely on an agent, a bureau, or any outside person to build your speaking career. Now, it doesn't mean that they can't. It's just you can't rely on them. You can't expect to have some outside individual or organization to swoop in and take you as an unknown speaker, if you are an unknown, and build you into something big and get you tons of bookings. I've never seen that. I've never heard of that. Now, I do believe agencies and bureaus and outside sales forces can get you gigs, and they have all worked with me, and I have had pluses and minuses to each of them. Agents usually want to take a percentage of all of your business, and if you're open to that and comfortable with that, that's your choice. The agency route never really worked well for me. Bureaus, they are organizations that help bring clients and speakers together, and then they take a finder's fee and a setup fee, essentially. So they usually take anywhere from 15 to 25 to 30% of your gig. Now, I've worked with many bureaus. Bureaus have had great experience working with me, and I've had great experience working with some bureaus. I've had other bureaus that were very hodgepodge, that they did not do a really good job, and I did not like working with them. So you have to know who you're working with. you got to also decide, are they bringing you a lot of outside work that you would have never got on your own? Or are they just answering the phone from all the hustling and work that you're doing? I found, even bringing in outside salespeople, I've been sold really good bill of goods from people that said, I can build your speaking career. Just give me a percentage of everything that you're doing, and I'll go knock on the doors. And then I found that they didn't really do what they said they were going to do. And it was my fault, because I didn't do a deep dive research on who they were. I didn't give them a trial period. I just let them into my business too soon without enough vetting. So when it comes to building your own speaking career, I think you want to be able to make sure that you have great references from whatever organization or individuals you work with. Give them a trial period. Have them earn their keep before you agree to any kind of exclusivity. Also, that doesn't mean you should stop working on getting the bookings yourself. Throughout this podcast, I'm going to be giving lots of different techniques and different things that I do to continue to build my speaking career. I hope that was of value to you, Tim. And for everybody else, go ahead and continue to post your questions at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash lucrative speaker. Thanks for listening to this episode. 
Make sure and subscribe to The Sean Stevenson Show on iTunes and leave a review of the podcast. For more information and further conversation, head on over to our Facebook group, Lucrative Speaker. I'm Sean Stevenson, your professional speaking guide. I'll catch you next time on The Sean Stevenson Show. You've got a message. Let's get it to millions.